0: As extra items for each episode, you can read or download. You can also find great books and videos for sale as well. Feel free to also visit our Facebook page. A link is provided as well on the website. Okay, on to the episode.
1: Act 3 of The Life and Death of King John by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One, The French King's Pavilion. Enter Constance, Arthur, and Salisbury.
2: Gone to be married, gone to swear a peace, false blood to false blood joined. Gone to be friends. Shall Louis have Blanche and Blanche those provinces? It is not so. Thou hast misspoke, misheard. Be well advised, tell o'er thy tale again. It cannot be. Thou dost but say 'tis so. I trust I may not trust thee, for thy word is but the vain breath of a common man. Believe me, I do not believe thee, man. I have a king's oath to the contrary. Thou shalt be punished for thus frighting me, for I am sick and capable of fears. Oppressed with wrongs, and therefore full of fears. A widow husbandless, subject to fears. A woman naturally born to fears. And though thou now confess, thou didst but jest. With my vexed spirits I cannot take a truce, But they will quake and tremble all this day. What dost thou mean by shaking of thy head? Why dost thou look so sadly on my son? What means that hand upon that breast of thine? why holds thine eye that lamentable room like a proud river peering o'er his bounds be these sad signs confirmers of thy words then speak again not all thy former tale but this one word whether thy tale be true
3: as true as i believe you
1: think them false that give you cause to prove my saying true
2: oh thou teach me to believe this sorrow teach thou this sorrow how to make me die and let belief and life encounter so as doth the fury of two desperate men which in the very meeting fall and die louis mary blanche oh boy then where art thou france friend with england what becomes of me fellow begone i cannot brook thy sight this news hath made thee a most ugly man
1: what other harm have i good lady done Bespoke the
3: harm that is by others done.
2: Which harm within itself so heinous is, As it makes harmful all that speak of it?
3: I do beseech you, madam, be content.
2: If thou that bidst me be content, wert grim, ugly, and slanderous to thy mother's womb, Full of unpleasing blots and sightless stains, Lame, foolish, crooked, swart, prodigious, Patched with foul moles and eye-offending marks, I would not care. I then would be content, for then I should not love thee. No, nor thou become thy great birth, nor deserve a crown. But thou art fair, and at thy birth, dear boy, nature and fortune joined to make thee great. Of nature's gifts thou mayest with lilies boast, and with the half-blown rose. But fortune, oh, she is corrupted, changed, and won from thee. She adulterates hourly with thine uncle John, and with her golden hand hath plucked on France to tread down fair respect of sovereignty, and made his majesty the baud to theirs. France is a baud to fortune and King John, that strumpet fortune, that usurping John. Tell me, thou fellow, is not France forsworn?' Envenom him with words, or get thee gone, and leave those woes alone, Which I alone am bound to underbear.
1: Pardon me, madam, I may not go without you to the kings.
2: Thou mayest thou shalt, I will not go with thee. I will instruct my sorrows to be proud, For grief is proud, and makes his owner stoop. To me, and to the state of my great grief, let kings assemble. For my GRIEF so great that no supporter but the huge firm earth can hold it up. Here I and sorrows sit. Here is my throne. Bid kings come bow to it.
1: Seats herself on the ground. Enter King John, King Philip, Louis, Blanche,
4: Queen Eleanor, the bastard, Austria, and attendants. Tis true, fair daughter, and this blessed day ever in France shall be kept festival. To solemnize this day the glorious sun stays in his course and plays the alchemist, turning with splendor of his precious eye the meager, cloddy earth to glittering gold. The yearly course that brings this day about shall never see it but a holiday.
2: A wicked day, and not a holy day. Rising, What hath this day deserved? What hath it done that it in golden letters should be set among the high tides in the calendar? nay rather turn this day out of the week this day of shame oppression perjury or if it must stand still let wives with child pray that their burdens may not fall this day lest that their hopes prodigiously be crossed but on this day let seamen fear no wreck no bargains break that are not this day made this day all things begun come to ill end yea faith itself to hollow falsehood change
4: by heaven Lady, you shall have no cause to curse the fair proceedings of this day. Have I not pawned to you my majesty?
2: You have beguiled me with a counterfeit, resembling majesty, which, being touched and tried, proves valueless. You are forsworn, forsworn! You came in arms to spill mine enemy's blood, but now in arms you strengthen it with yours.' The grappling vigour and rough frown of war Is cold in amity and painted peace, And our oppression hath made up this league. Arm, arm, you heavens, against these perjured kings. A widow cries, Be husband to me, heavens. Let not the hours of this ungodly day Wear out the day in peace. But ere sunset set armed discord Twixt these perjured kings. Hear me, Oh, hear me. LADY CONSTANCE, PEACE. WAR! WAR! NO PEACE! PEACE IS TO ME A WAR! O LIMOGES, O Austria, thou dost shame that bloody spoil! Thou slave, thou wretch, thou coward, thou little valiant, great in villainy, thou ever strong upon the stronger side, thou fortune's champion that dost never fight but when her humorous ladyship is by to teach thee safety. Thou art perjured too, and soothest up greatness. What a fool art thou! A ramping fool to brag and stamp and swear upon my party. Thou cold-blooded slave, hast thou not spoke like thunder on my side? Been sworn my soldier, bidding me depend upon thy stars, Thy fortune and thy strength. And dost thou now fall over to my foes? Thou wear a lion's hide? D'off it for shame, and hang a calfskin on those recreant limbs. Oh, that a man should speak these words to me.
5: And hang a calfskin on those recreant limbs.
2: Thou darest not say so, villain, for thy life. And hang a calf
5: skin on those recreant limbs.
3: We like not this. Thou dost forget thyself.
1: Enter Cardinal Pandolf. Here comes the holy legate of
4: the Pope
6: hail you anointed deputies of heaven to thee king john my holy errand is i pandulf of fair milan cardinal and from pope innocent the legate here do in his name religiously demand why thou against the church our holy mother so willfully dost spurn and force perforce keep stephen langton chosen archbishop of canterbury from that holy see this in our foresaid holy father's name pope innocent i do demand of thee what
3: earthy name to interrogatories can task the free breath of a sacred king thou canst not cardinal devise a name so slight unworthy and ridiculous to charge me to an answer as the pope tell him this tale and from the mouth of england add thus much more that no italian priest shall tithe or toll in our dominions but as we under heaven are supreme head so under him that great supremacy where we do reign we will alone uphold without the assistance of a mortal hand so tell the pope all reverence set apart to him and his usurped authority
4: brother of england you blaspheme in this
3: though you and all the kings of christendom are led so grossly by this meddling priest dreading the curse that money may buy out and by the merit of vile gold, dross, dust, purchase, corrupted pardon of a man, who in that sale sells pardon from himself, though you and all the rest so grossly led this juggling witchcraft with revenue cherish, yet I alone, alone do me oppose against the Pope and count his friends my foes.
6: Then, by the lawful power that I have, thou shalt stand cursed and excommunicate, and blessed shall he be that doth revolt from his allegiance to an heretic, And meritorious shall that hand be called, canonized and worshipped as a saint, That takes away by any secret course thy hateful life.
2: O oh, lawful let it be that I have room with Rome to curse awhile. Good father cardinal, cry thou Amen to my keen curses. For without my wrong there is no tongue hath power to curse him right.
6: There's law and warrant, lady, for my curse.
2: And for mine too. When law can do no right, let it be lawful that law bar no wrong. Law cannot give my child his kingdom here, For he that holds his kingdom holds the law. Therefore, since law itself is perfect wrong, How can the law forbid my tongue to curse?
6: philip of france on peril of a curse let go the hand of that arch heretic and raise the power of france upon his head unless he do submit himself to rome
2: lookst thou pale france do not let go thy hand look to that devil lest that france repent and by disjoining hands hell lose a soul king philip listen to the cardinal
5: and hang a skin on his recreant limbs
2: well, rothian, I must pocket up these wrongs, because—
5: Your breeches
3: best may carry them. Philip, what sayest thou to the cardinal?
2: What should he say but as the cardinal?
7: Bethink you, father, for the difference is purchase of a heavy curse from Rome, Or the light loss of England for a friend. Forgo the easier.
2: That's the curse of Rome. O oh, Lewis, stand fast. The devil tempts thee here in likeness of a new untrimmed bride. The lady Constance speaks not from her faith, but from her need. Oh, if thou grant my need, which only lives but by the death of faith, That need must needs infer this principle, That faith would live again by death of need. Oh, then tread down my need, and faith mounts up, Keep my need up, and faith is trodden down.
3: The king is moved, and answers not to this.
2: O, oh, be removed from him and answer well. Do so, King Philip. Hang no more in doubt. Oh, hang nothing but a calf's
5: skin, most sweet lout.
4: I am perplexed and know not what to say.
6: What canst thou say? But will perplex thee more if thou stand excommunicate and cursed.
4: Good Reverend Father, make my person yours, and tell me how you would bestow yourself. This royal hand and mine are newly knit, and the conjunction of our inward souls married in league, coupled and linked together with all religious strength of sacred vows. The latest breath that gave the sound of words was deep-sworn faith, peace, amity, true love between our kingdoms and our royal selves. And even before this truce, but new before, no longer than we well could wash our hands to clap this royal bargain up of peace, heaven knows— They were besmeared and overstained with slaughter's pencil, where revenge did paint the fearful difference of incensed kings. And shall these hands, so lately purged of blood, so newly joined in love, so strong in both, unyoke this seizure and this kind regret? Play fast and loose with faith, so jest with heaven, make such unconstant children of ourselves as now again to snatch our palm from palm, unswear faith sworn and on the marriage bed of smiling peace to march a bloody host and make a riot on the gentle brow of truth's sincerity oh holy sir my reverend father let it not be so out of your grace devise ordain impose some gentle order and then we shall be blessed to do your pleasure and continue friends all form is formless order orderless
6: say what is opposite to england's love therefore to arms be champion of our church, or let the church our mother breathe her curse, a mother's curse on her revolting son, France thou mayst hold a serpent by the tongue, a chaffed lion by the mortal paw, a fasting tiger safer by the tooth, then keep in peace that hand which thou dost hold.
4: I may disjoin my hand, but not my faith
6: so makes thou faith an enemy to faith, and like a civil war sets oath to oath thy tongue against thy tongue. O let thy vow, first made to heaven, first be to heaven performed, that is, to be the champion of our church. What sins thou sworest is sworn against thyself, and may not be performed by thyself. For that which thou hast sworn to do amiss is not amiss when it is truly done, and being not done, where doing tends to ill, the truth is then most done not doing it. The better act of purpose is mistook is to mistake again, though indirect, yet indirection thereby grows direct, and falsehood falsehood cures. As fire cools fire within the scorched veins of one nude burned. It is religion that doth make vows kept, but thou hast sworn against religion. By what thou swearest against the thing thou swearest, And makest an oath the surety of thy truth against an oath, The truth thou art unsure to swear, swears only not to be forsworn else what a mockery should it be to swear but thou dost swear only to be forsworn and most forsworn to keep what thou dost swear therefore thy later vows against thy first is in thyself rebellion to thyself and better conquest never canst thou make than arm thy constant and thy nobler parts against these giddy loose suggestions upon which better part our prayers come in if thou vouchsafe them but if not then know the peril of our curse is light on thee so heavy as thou shalt not shake them off but in despair die under their black weight
2: rebellion flat rebellion will
5: not be will not a skin stop that mouth of thine
7: father to arms
5: upon thy wedding day against the
8: blood that thou hast married what shall our feast be kept with slaughtered men shall braying trumpets and loud churlish drums clamors of hell be measures to our pomp O husband hear me i alack how new is husband in my mouth even for that name which till this time my tongue did ne'er pronounce Upon my knee I beg, go not to arms against mine uncle.
2: Oh, upon my knee, made hard with kneeling, I do pray to thee, Thou virtuous Dauphin, alter not the doom forethought
8: by heaven. Now shall I see thy love. What motive may be stronger
2: with thee than the name of wife? That which upholdeth him that thee upholds, his honour. O, oh, thine honour, Louis, thine honour.
7: I muse, your majesty doth seem so cold When such profound respects do pull you on. I will
4: denounce a curse upon his head. Thou shalt not need. England, I will fall from thee.
2: O oh, fair return of banished majesty! O oh, foul revolt of French inconstancy!
3: France, thou shalt rue this hour within this hour.
5: Old time the clock-setter, That bald sexton time. Is it as he will? Well, then, France shall rue.
8: The sun's o'ercast with blood. Fair day, adieu. Which is the side that I must go withal? I am with both. Each army hath a hand, and in their rage, I having hold of both, they swirl asunder and dismember me. Husband, I cannot pray that thou mayst win. Uncle, I needs must pray that thou mayst lose. Father, I may not wish the fortune thine. Grand'am, I will not wish thy fortunes thrive. whoever wins, on that side shall I lose. Assured loss, before the match be played.
7: Lady, with me, with me thy fortune lies.
3: Cousin, go draw our puissance together. Exit, bastard. France, I am burnt up with inflaming wrath, A rage whose heat hath this condition, That nothing can allay, nothing but blood, the blood, and dearest valued blood of france
4: thy rage shall burn thee up and thou shalt turn to ashes ere our blood shall quench that fire look to thyself thou art in jeopardy
3: no more than he that threats to arms lets high
4: exeunt scene two
1: the same plains near angiers alarms excursions enter the bastard with austria's head
5: Oh, now by my life this day grows wondrous hot. Some airy devil hovers in the sky and pours down mischief. Oh, Austria's head lie there while Philip breathes.
1: Enter King John, Arthur, and Hubert.
3: Hubert, keep this boy. Philip, make up. My mother is assailed in our tent, and ten, I fear.
5: My lord, I rescued her. Her highness is in safety, fear you not. But on, my liege, for very little pains Will bring this labour to an happy end.
1: Exeunt. Scene three. The same. Alarms, excursions, retreat. Enter King John, Queen Eleanor, Arthur, The Bastard, Hubert, and Lords. King John, to Queen Eleanor.
3: So shall it be. Your grace shall stay behind so strongly guarded. To Arthur. Cousin, look not sad thy grandam loves thee and thy uncle will as dear be to thee as thy father was oh this will make my mother die with grief to the bastard cousin away for england haste before and ere our coming see thou shake the bags of hoarding abbots imprisoned angels set at liberty the fat ribs of peace must by the hungry now be fed upon use our commission in his utmost force
5: Bell, book, and candle shall not drive me back, When gold and silver becks me to come on. I leave your highness. Grandam, I will pray, if ever I remember to be holy, For your fair safety. So I kiss your hand. Farewell, gentle cousin.
3: Cuz farewell. Exit the bastard.
5: Come hither, little kinsman. Hark, a
8: word.
3: Come hither, Hubert. O oh, my gentle Hubert, we owe thee much. Within this wall of flesh there is a soul counts thee her creditor, and with advantage means to pay thy love. And my good friend, thy voluntary oath, lives in this bosom, dearly cherished. Give me thy hand. I had a thing to say, but I will fit it with some better time. By heaven, Hubert, I am almost ashamed to say what good respect I have of thee.
7: I am much bounden to your majesty.
3: Good friend, thou hast no cause to say so yet but thou shalt have and creep time ne'er so slow yet it shall come from me to do thee good i had a thing to say but let it go the sun is in the heaven and the proud day attended with the pleasures of the world is all too wanton and too full of gourds to give me audience if the midnight bell did with his iron tongue and brazen mouth sound on into the drowsy race of night if this same were a churchyard where we stand and thou possessed with a thousand wrongs, or if that surly spirit, melancholy, had baked thy blood and made it heavy thick, which else runs tickling up and down the veins, making that idiot laughter keep men's eyes and strain their cheeks to idle merriment, a passion hateful to my purposes, or if that thou couldst see me without eyes, hear me without thine ears, and make reply, without a tongue, using conceit alone, without eyes, ears, and harmful sounds of words, then, in despite of brooded watchful day, I would into thy bosom pour my thoughts, But uh, I will not. Yet I love thee well, and by my troth I think thou lovest me well.
7: So well that what you bid me undertake, though that my death were adjunct to my act, By heaven
3: I would do it. Do not I know thou wouldst. Good Hubert, 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 th- Throw thine eye on yon young boy. I'll tell thee what, my friend. He is a very serpent in my way, and wheresoe'er this foot of mine doth tread, he lies before me. Dost thou understand me? Thou art his keeper.
7: And I'll keep him so, that he shall not offend your
3: majesty. Death. My lord? A grave. He shall not live. Enough. I could be merry now hubert i love thee well i'll not say what i intend for thee remember madam fare you well i'll send those powers o'er to your majesty
8: my blessing go with thee
3: for england cousin go hubert shall be your man attend on you with all true duty on toward calais ho exeunt
1: scene four the same king philip's tent Enter King Philip, Louis, Cardinal Pandolf, and attendants.
4: So, by a roaring tempest on the flood, a whole armado of convicted sail is scattered and disjoined from fellowship.
6: Courage and comfort, all shall yet go well.
4: What can go well, when we have run so ill? Are we not beaten? Is not Angiers lost? Arthur tain prisoner? Diverse dear friends slain? And bloody England into England gone? Or bearing interruption, spite of France? What he hath won,
7: that hath he fortified. So hot a speed, with such advice disposed, Such temperate order, in so fierce a cause, Doth want example. Who hath read or heard of any kindred action like to this?
4: Well, could I bear that England had this praise, So we could find some pattern of our shame? Enter Constance. Look, who comes here, a grave unto a soul? Holding the eternal spirit against her will, In the vile prison of afflicted breath. I prithee, lady, go away with me.
2: Lo, now I see the issue of your peace.
4: Patience, good lady. Comfort, gentle Constance.
2: No, I defy all counsel, all redress, But that which ends all counsel, true redress. Death, death, oh, amiable, lovely death, thou odiferous stench, sound rottenness. Arise forth from the couch of lasting night, thou hate and terror to prosperity, and I will kiss thy detestable bones, and put my eyeballs in thy vaulty brows, and wring these fingers with thy household worms, and stop this gap of breath with fulsome dust, and be a carrion monster like thyself. Come, Grin on me, and I will think thou smilest and bust thee as thy wife. Misery's love, oh, come to me.
4: O oh, fair affliction, peace.
2: No, no, I will not, having breath to cry, Oh, that my tongue were in the thunder's mouth. Then with a passion would I shake the world And rouse from sleep that fell anatomy Which cannot hear a lady's feeble voice, Which scorns a modern invocation.
6: Lady, you utter madness, and not sorrow.
2: Thou art not holy to belie me so. I am not mad. This hair I tear is mine. My name is Constance. I was Geoffrey's wife. Young Arthur is my son, and he is lost. I am not mad. I would to heaven I were. For then tis like I should forget myself. Oh, if I could, what grief should I forget? Preach some philosophy to make me mad, and thou shalt be canonized, cardinal, for being not mad but sensible of grief. My reasonable part produces reason how I may be delivered of these woes, and teaches me to kill or hang myself. If I were mad, I should forget my son, or madly think a babe of clouts were he. I am not mad. Too well, too well I feel the different plague of each calamity.
4: Bind up those tresses. Oh, what love I note in the fair multitude of those her hairs! Where but by chance a silver drop hath fallen, even to that drop ten thousand wiry friends do glue themselves in sociable grief, like true, inseparable, faithful loves, sticking together in calamity.
2: To England, if you will.
4: Bind up your hairs.
2: Yes, that I will, and wherefore will I do it? I tore them from their bonds, and cried aloud, Oh, that these hands could so redeem my son as they have given these hairs their liberty! But now I envy at their liberty, and will again commit them to their bonds, because my poor child is a prisoner. And, Father Cardinal, I have heard you say that we shall see and know our friends in heaven. If that be true, I shall see my boy again, for since the birth of Cain, the first male child, to him that did but yesterday suspire, there was not such a gracious creature born. But now will canker sorrow eat my bud, and chase the native beauty from his cheek, and he will look as hollow as a ghost, as dim and meagre as an ague's fit, and so he'll die, and rising so again. When I shall meet him in the court of heaven, I shall not know him. Therefore never, never must I behold my pretty Arthur more.
6: You hold too heinous
4: a respect of grief.
2: He talks to me that never had a son.
4: You are as fond of grief as of your child.
2: Grief fills the room up of my absent child. Lies in his bed. Walks up and down with me. Puts on his pretty looks, repeats his words, Remembers me of all his gracious parts, Stuffs out his vacant garments with his form, Then have I reason to be fond of grief? Fare you well. Had you such a loss as I, I could give better comfort than you do. I will not keep this form upon my head when there is such disorder in my wit. O Lord, my boy, my Arthur, my fair son, my life, my joy, my food, my all the world, my widow comfort and my sorrow's cure.
4: Exit. I fear some outrage, and I'll follow her. Exit there's nothing in
7: this world can make me joy life is as tedious as a twice told tale vexing the dull ear of a drowsy man and bitter shame hath spoiled the sweet world's taste that it yields naught but shame and bitterness
6: before the curing of a strong disease even in the instant of repair and health the fit is strongest evils that take leave on their departure most of all show evil. What have you lost by losing of this day?
7: All days of glory, joy, and happiness.
6: If you had won it, certainly you had. No, no, when fortune means to men most good, she looks upon them with a threatening eye. Tis strange to think how much King John hath lost, in this which he accounts so clearly won. Are not you grieved that Arthur is his prisoner?
7: as heartily as he is glad he hath him your mind is
6: all as youthful as your blood now hear me speak with a prophetic spirit for even the breath of what i mean to speak shall blow each dust each straw each little rub out of the path which shall directly lead thy foot to england's throne and therefore mark john hath seized arthur and it cannot be that whilst warm life plays in that infant's veins the misplaced john should entertain an hour one minute nay one quiet breath of rest a sceptre snatched with an unruly hand must be as boisterously maintained as gained and he that stands upon a slippery place makes nice of no vile hold to stay him up That John may stand, then Arthur needs must fall, So be it, for it cannot be but so.
7: But what shall I gain by young Arthur's fall?
6: You, in the right of Lady Blanche, your wife, May then make all the claim that Arthur did.
7: And lose it, life and all, as Arthur did. How
6: green you are, and fresh in this old world! John lays you plots, the times conspire with you for he that steeps his safety in true blood shall find but bloody safety and untrue this act so evilly borne shall cool the hearts of all his people and freeze up their zeal that none so small advantage shall step forth to check his reign but they will cherish it no natural exhalation in the sky no scope of nature no distempered day no common wind no customed event but they will pluck away his natural cause and call them meteors prodigies and signs abortives presages and tongues of heaven plainly denouncing vengeance upon john
7: maybe he will not touch young arthur's life but hold himself safe in his prisonment
6: oh sir when he shall hear of your approach if that young arthur be not gone already even at that news he dies and then the hearts of all his people shall revolt from him and kiss the lips of unacquainted change and pick strong matter of revolt and wrath out of the bloody fingers ends of john methinks i see this hurly all on foot and oh what better matter breeds for you than i have named the bastard falcon bridge is now in england ransacking the church offending charity if but a dozen french were there in arms they would be as a call to train ten thousand english to their side or as a little snow tumbled about anon becomes a mountain O noble dauphin go with me to the king tis wonderful what may be wrought out of their discontent now that their souls are top full of offence for england go i will wet on the king
7: strong reasons make strong actions let us go if you say i the king will not say no Exeunt. end of act 3